begins now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I am Tawanda Henry BT. And uh, yeah, welcome to the best political podcast in the country. Um, still the only, but you know how we do. You know, we, politics is everything. And everything is politics in this country. So I don't know if it's fair to keep saying we're the only political podcast. Because I say if, even if you're podcasting about your dog, you know, you're podcasting about politics. Because uh, <laughs> one. I didn't see that one coming, actually. I and neither did I. I yeah. was just speaking. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to understand who you are inferring. Uh, but he knows yeah. himself. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, there are some personals that you don't... Speaking of doctors on strike. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, this week um, we're going to be going into the fact that uh, doctors are on strike. Um, doctors, nurses, midwives, registrars. Yeah, our whole... Cleaners. A whole medical the doctor, like, and profession is, is on strike. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, young people getting running for office. Uh, it's something that advocate Fadzai Mahere put on her social media. So we're going to share our views on that. And uh, we're also going to look into Build Zimbabwe. It's a political party that seems to be getting quite a bit of traction. On yeah. the social media space, uh, being led by Noah Manika. Dr. Noah Manika. Do- Dr. Noah Manika. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. First things first, though, we are. Oh, our president has gone to Singapore. For a routine medical visit. Yes. Apparently. Yes. A scheduled medical visit. I believe so. So, he, what? He spent a whole month. He's been here a month, which is good. The shortest month of the year. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> So he's been here 28 days. Which is long. Not even a full month in other. It's his birthday month, guys. So he, had so to he be was around. here for his birthday. Yes. You know, this is like a like like you know like you know those those dads in in American movies that are just absentee <laughs> fathers that come over Christmas. I feel that's what we have as a president now. Look, it doesn't um, even bring presents. I don't want an ammo. No, there was cake. Huh? Did you eat cake? There was cake. Lobos provided cake. Uh, Zimoko <laughs> provided cake. Uh, dairy board provided cake. It was cake. All right. Are you yeah. calling out these companies so we can boycott them? Hell no, because <laughs> Nini, Dairy board does Fuko, and I love it. You know, there's Fuko for me. Could Dairy board, um, Lobos. I, I don't okay. know, Zimoka. If you're listening, I, I really like that new E class, eh? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, seriously though, the president has gone for a routine medical checkup. Uh, Vice President Pelekezela Mpoko is the acting president. Uh, we're not. I believe he should be back on Monday. The president. Yes, the president right. should be back on Monday. That's is a... what the information that I've gotten. But um, you know, people have been discussing that the fact that he goes, he had to charter a plane to fly to Singapore for his medical. Why checkup. didn't he use um, Zim One like normal? I don't know what's happening with his Zimbabwe right now. <laughs> His son, his son-in-law can't even get his father in a plane to go to the doctor. I, I really don't know what's happening. I think they have two planes or something to that effect that can fly those distances. But one of them would have needed forced stops to refuel. Wow. And the other one, whether it needs a service or something, I, I, have, I don't have the full details on that. But yeah, so they chartered a plane. But uh, the issue around that is that our... Our Health doctors, professionals yeah. are on strike uh, whilst the president can afford to charter 
charter a plane to go and get medical care in Singapore. But what was he meant to do? Got the doctors on strike. You see, that's the <laughs> <laughs> no. But jokes aside, this is so. It's not funny at all. Actually, like it's, I don't know. I don't. Maybe you can elaborate because I'm. You know, besides the video that this flag did in, uh, at the beginning of the crisis, I don't really know the level of 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 negligence or why the doctors and then nurses and then midwives um registrars who you just told me are senior doctors so basically every the whole medical staff so it's it's been going on for a couple of weeks now i want to say about three weeks now uh the where it started was you have junior um junior j junior medical resident officers and senior medical resident officers. So after you've done med school for five years, you then have to do a two-year residency. So the senior uh, residents who were supposed to finish on the 28th of February, that's when their senior residency ends. After you've done your senior residency at a local hospital, you're meant to go to a district hospital for a year, or you can stay at that hospital, uh, provincial hospital, for two years. Mm. And then after that, you get your operating License. So you're, then you can go into private, quite, practice, into private you can practice, go out of, the, out of the country, anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. So what, what it was is that there were no posts available for these uh, senior resident officers. The junior resident officers are now coming in. They, yeah. So the one year is moving to senior, the other year is coming in as first years, and the others were supposed to go to the districts. But there were no posts. Mm. And they said that they weren't going to go, they weren't going to continue treating patients until posts were available, until they were secure that they were going to get posts. Because if they don't do this one year, then they don't get their license. So they can't then go so into... So they can't go into private practice, money. right? That was one of the issues. Seems reasonable to me. That was one of the issues. The other issue was that the, their on-call allowances, they'd been promised on-call allowances from a couple of years back. And when I spoke to... Dr. Gwinji, who is the PIRMSEC in the Ministry of Health, a couple of weeks back, he was explaining that the, the amount they had agreed to, I think, was um, about $10 an hour or so. Or it was supposed to come to about $760 a month per month. Right now, but, they're on $1.20 an hour? So, so now, the issue was that the government treasury can't afford $760 a month. So at the time, they agreed to... Half of that. So they said we'd give you for 50, 50%, and then we'd increase it as the funds became available. But I don't think that has been fulfilled, which is one of the issues because doctors are saying we're on call, we need money, we need money for transport, we need money for food, we're not getting these. And this things. is one of the things we pointed out in our budget episode where we're saying that the allocation for hospitals and medicals. <laughs> was almost the same as, if not lower than OPC, was it not? Yeah, yeah. So it all comes full circle that, well, the president right now is going away for his medical treatment. His budget for these very trips is more than the, the treasury was availing to the whole medical, medical system, system, which includes the purchasing of drugs, yeah? Indeed, indeed. Okay, yeah. so, so, so this is normal. <laughs> I don't and know. then one of the other issues they said was that at some point between the health services board, treasury, the ministry, and uh, the doctors, they agreed that doctors would be able to import, to bring in vehicles without paying import duties. So the arrangement, according to Dr. Gwinji, was that somebody would have to pay these, these duties for Zimra, right? And it was that the ministry would pay 
for the duties. Dr. Odbaya Kaiat would come in and then the ministry would offset that. However, at some point, government then decided we, can't, we need to have a structured um, system for all civil servants, not mm -hmm. just for doctors. And that was supposed to go through um, one of the agencies. I'm not sure which one not it was. CMED. CMED. It was supposed to go CMED is the agency that already handles ministry, parliament, government vehicles anyway, yes. the government fleet at the moment. So, so CMED was supposed to handle it, but CMED doesn't have the funds to handle it. So these are, the doc these are issues that are affecting the doctors. It has to do with, number one, the security of their jobs. So what had happened was the health services board promised them that posts were open, but they didn't show them letters. Yeah, the they, didn't show, they didn't show them confirmation from Treasury because what it was was Treasury said they didn't have money for there to be posts. Um, the so, it's not, so it's not that the, their doctors aren't needed. Is that that there's no money for the doctors to go where they have needed? Yeah. So, doctors so there's a shortage of doctors in the district and provincial hospitals at the moment. Yes. But it's just that they're saying that, you know, so it's not like there's a, 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 a glut of doctors that are blocking the movement of these no, other no, no, doctors. No. It's just no, that no, no. they don't have money to be paying them when they go to these, these places. So it's very important to note that it's not like Panema doctors are Gawandi some Zimbabwe. No, In fact, no. we have too little, too few we doctors. Actually, yeah, we have And the shortage. few that we have, we can't even pay to go to, to, to district and hospitals where they need the most. So what it is is that um, the government, through OPC, the Health Services Board, Treasury, have agreed that there are now posts available, right? And they were supposed to start on the 1st of March in the districts. Um, they issued a letter to this effect, which the doctors have said that they have not seen uh, physically or been able to distribute they were only shown or it was read out to them. Like, yeah, it was, it was shown as, a, hey, have a look. And then you know, they, you know when you're trying to show someone something on your phone, but you don't want them to swipe through your pictures. Exactly. So you're literally like, holding hey, on hey, to you. Like, look. just look, look, like, look, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. So, um, but OPC, from my understanding and from conversations that I've had with uh, Dr. Gwinji, is that they understand that, you know, Cash is tight. Cash is tight, but also there is a need for doctors. So cash has been availed for the posts in the districts for the next two years. Some of the doctors I did speak to, however, said that the only place that opened up posts was in Chinoy. So what happens is when a place, when a district hosp hospital has posts, they advertise and you go and you interview. And if you succeed, you get the job. But they say the only place that has opened up is Chinoy. And this is for, I don't know how many doctors there are. I'm assuming somewhere like 200 or so, maybe more that need to go and Chinoy will probably take maybe five or so. I'm not sure. I don't know how these things work. But it, right now when they said they're continuing the strike because not everyone is guaranteed that they'll get a post. There's only Chinoy that opened up. I don't know how it is today. This conversation took place uh, last week, Saturday, which was... So, so that's the doctors and then subsequently nurses have so, joined, yeah. midwives have joined. All I assume with similar you know, yeah. grievances in nurses, terms of... In terms of salaries, in terms of allowances, and that sort of thing, what happened with the registrars? So now you have your after after your senior medical doctors, you have your um, consultants, and you have registrars. Now your registrars are like the senior, senior guys. Senior they run the hospitals at the hospitals. Yeah, and they. I remember last week or the week before that, the registrars in the OBS and Gynae department through the UZ said that they didn't have. Um, because they didn't have their junior doctors and their um, senior residents available, they, the workload was too much. 
yeah. and they weren't able to handle it because it's going to see patient rounds. It's having to do consultancy. It's a lot of surgery, work. Surgery, if you have surgery. Exactly. Things, any, everything. So they've said that they are also going to down tools or go and strike, or they were, it was something that they were, I don't know if they finally did it, um, until the situation had been resolved. So it's solidarity for the yeah, for the junior doctors because essentially it's unworkable for but, the situation. But yeah, but also it's 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 critical for them in the sense that they have a lot. It, the work piles onto their shoulders. Yeah. So I do know though that um, I believe that you know one of the options that the government has is to go to um, services like the armed services has doctors and you know the air force would have doctors as well and sort of get those doctors into the hospitals because now it's i think we're we're reaching a very cri- we're reaching a crisis yeah point. it's an emergency situation yeah. but i think that um look if you're going to break a picket that way by getting other people you're you're basically saying to the junior doctors and to any future med students at that bit we don't want no i don't think so i think i think it's a situation where you have to have people in the hospital. You, so solve the situation. I hear you, but so, solve so, the situation. So, the, 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 the treasury has just availed money for the purchasing of BVR equipment when UNDP had said that they're going to pay for that. I so they you. can find money. So, they have the ability to find money. Any, any excuse in terms of that, you know, ministers are getting cars. They have money if they wanted to avail it to the Ministry of Health. And what they could said, do so. But what they've said is that we've got money for the posts now. So now it's, it seems to be just, it's going beyond the posts, um, which is one thing Dr. Gwinji said. And I, I, I am on the side of the doctors in that they've been taken advantage of for, for quite some time. They need to stand up for their rights. I was just making the point that within the hospitals, something needs to happen as well. I don't think it's saying we don't need you. Yeah. I think it's whilst we are negotiating, because it's, they've, the, the government has said this is what we can do. And the doctors have decided not to take that offer. So while that is happening, someone needs to be in the hospitals. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that in principle. I think that I the negotiating position that the government is likely to take once the army is in hospitals, for example, is, is that, well, but they take don't, it or leave The it. problem is the army doesn't have enough doctors to staff the hospitals. Yeah, of course not. Right now, though, it, it, it seems that it's um, Parenyatwa Hospital... Um, hospital in Blauaya, I'm not sure about Harada Hospital, but it's your major hospitals, not your, major your hospitals. Your yeah, major referral referral hospitals. hospitals, not your hospitals out in the districts. Okay. Your so, hospitals out in the districts still have doctors because they're they, operating. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it is, that's the situation that it is, and people who are suffering are the doctors and us well, no, 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 no. and the patients and the I'll patients, you, and the patients and actually there's probably um, a real human cost um to something like that so the sooner it's sorted um the better and i know that the government because of its own doing is under such a you know financial strain just because of the situation so i don't know it's a tough I mean, situation it's, it's, it's crazy now if you then think about um, what's happened with uh, Cyclone Dineo and all the, yeah, I was seeing all the some damage on, yeah. of people dead Homes destroyed, almost 2,000 displaced, so, um, waterborne diseases, things like that are going to come as a result of that. I mean, there's, there's bridges that have collapsed uh, on day before yesterday, which was Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. or was it yesterday, Wednesday? Um, 
Jolam Gumbo, who is the Minister of Transport, was gave a press conference and he was talking about the the destruction of roads from in 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 Berengua. There's a bridge that collapsed and people can't access the hospital, which is about 50 kilometers away. They have to literally go round. If they had to drive round, they have to go around close to a thousand kilometers to get to, to the 50k hospital. hospital that's you know so you have this crisis situation which was brought on by by you know by the rains and that's another situation which needs funds because you need people need access to places so yeah. but by all means let the president charter a flight to singapore so that he can go to the doctors Oh, we we also need a president. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we do. <laughs> we um, also need a president. We, we just don't need a fossil guy as a president. We we also need a president, so <laughs> he he needs to take care of his health, and uh, he is. And the there are no doctors. There are no doctors in even private doctors in Zimbabwe, South Africa. Bloody uh, hell! Go go. How long have you had your doctor, um, Henry? <laughs> my doctor. Yeah. I um almost two years now. Okay. My my. my the doctor I had when I was growing up uh, died, unfortunately. Okay, um, condolences. <laughs> uh, but you see... Where are you taking this? No, I'm just saying that your doctor is your doctor. You trust your doctor. But how did you go and find a doctor in Singapore? Look, 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 look. He could have been on a trip and he got ill and this guy treated him and he felt, you know what, I'm safe in this guy's hands. We don't know how he found a doctor in Singapore, but hey, I'm just, you know. Well done, Mr. Spokesperson. <laughs> Mr. Spokesperson for the office of the president and cabinet. That is, that is not my job title, please. That is not my job title. I'm just, I'm, I'm just guessing. offering. I'm just offering. Uh, you the, the know, tree, the food, food doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> I'm just offering examples here, but I, I completely agree. This, um, it's the optics. At the end of the day, look. Yeah. If it was a situation where the doctors weren't, you know, if, like, just generally a better situation. Yeah. For example, you Buhari has been in London for the. Is it New York or London? I'm London, talking, London. He's been in London for almost six weeks now. Yeah. On medical leave as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. And who else? Will you um live? He didn't. Monasa die in 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 France as yes, well. So, did, yeah. so there's a there's a strong precedent for African leaders preferring uh, Western and Eastern medicine um, over local hospitals. I think perhaps it's because they don't want their secrets come out, to come out, whatever they're ill with, or just generally the it's, treatment and the care is better. Um, but, and you can't begrudge someone with his own money doing that, but I feel that if you're using our money uh, as taxpayers, even though... <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's a very sad situation that we are looking at it's 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 a animal farm situation some pig uh, some animals are more equal than than and others you know in the sense that they you have that luxury whilst the citizens that you are supposed to be serving and supposed to be responsible for do not and now especially in this situation where doctors are not in hospitals it's 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 incredible it's incredibly sad or incredibly to add salt to that wound, did you? Isn't his his speech um, at his birthday, or was it just after his birthday, when they were saying that we shouldn't go out of the country to find jobs in America and and everywhere that because what are we looking for in their country that we can't get in this in this country of ours? Yet the same person is is on a flight to for medical aid or medical help, you know, overseas, answering his own question. Could obviously we can't get the same level of treatment, um, or you can't. So, um, yeah, so yeah, you know speaking what? about... Uh, I hope he recovers. Yeah, um, and I hope our nation uh, recovers, recovers as, as well. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Get well soon, Zimbabwe. So speaking about the nation recovering, uh, it, it, it's about 
it all comes down to leadership. That's that's one of those are one of the major. That's one of the major things that affects um, a nation and how a nation develops. So on Facebook, I think it was yesterday or the day before that, Advocate Fatai Mahere posted when I'll paraphrase. When are we going to stop talking about the youth registering for to vote and start talking about the youth running for office? Um, and it's something that you know we've spoken about. Yeah, I think it's going to become a theme. Yeah, that if even one person decides to to run, um, you know, and lose, even if you lose, like what do we have to lose? So, so for me, the question is, who are we? Who, who fits within the category of the youth? Um, I mean, you'd have to go to the constitutional definition. I think it's the constitution says fifteen to thirty-five. If so it's eighteen defined, to thirty-five. Eighteen to thirty-five for voting age. That's the youth. Yeah. So within that age group of 18 to 35, some young people coming up and running for political office, whether it's councillor, whether it's um, MP, I don't think you can run for senator. Uh, so councillor or MP, or, mm. you know, whatever post, even just in, within a political party. Yeah. Um, I think I'll speak as to why I don't think young people get involved in the political process at that level. Aside from um, resources, aside, aside from resources, well, which is a major one, but aside from just the apathy that we say the youth are apathetic to political issues, for me, one of the biggest issues is the fact that they, our political parties don't have an ideology or a sense of what they stand for. And I'll give the example in the sense that if you're in the UK, for example, you are coming up the ranks or you're in university, you can identify with the conservatives, the Tories, or you can identify with the Labour Party in terms of what they stand for. You can identify with the nationalists, UKIP. You know, you can find ideological issues that you align to. Am I somebody who believes in a free market system? Am I a liberal? Am I uh, a socialist? The, all these exist in proper structures that you can are i think that you are acclimatized to at university level or at school level and you grow up and understanding and you enter their structures and it's something that your ideology can grow and ferment as you're within these structures in south africa i also think you have a similar thing you have the anc the da and the eff and they all have very different ideological uh, perspectives that one if depending on who you are and the way you think and what it is that attracts you to something, you can find a home. I don't think we have that in Zimbabwe. I think that's not necessarily fair in that it's almost an incomplete historical assessment in as far as if you, you know, to get into an ivory tower quickly, if you look at, you know, those three countries that you've mentioned or you've singled out, their fundamental political questions of the day have already been answered. Your, your human security issues have already been answered. So you now allow expression of ideology on a much broader and a much grander scale as opposed to that we need to get feed, food for our people. So if you have a situation where people aren't necessarily worrying about the day-to-day -day existence and how to, 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 to even survive or how to revive or to survive to an economy or how to get food for the majority or housing for the majority of people, then you have the luxury of then picking and choosing between, let's say, a social welfare state, a labor state and those things. That's my first point. 
the second thing is that you also have, you know, the time that it takes for political parties' ideology to mature. So in Zimbabwe, you, it's not fair to say that you don't know what ZANU-PF's ideology is. A majority of people in Zim would be able to tell you what ZANU-PF's ideology is because they had time to incubate and to mature and, and to go through a test of, of, of refining that doctrine. Whereas, for example, the MDC is 17 years old, which is a baby, uh, you know, comparatively to these parties. In South Africa, to a larger extent, the issues of the day do fall into somewhere where you must take an ideological stand, whether you know, you know, it's it's, it's a land issue, whether it's race relations, all this kind of or, or things, because essentially the 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 you know economic issues of the day, the the democratic issues of the day have already been answered. They have had three presidents in since 1994. Um, we've had one since 1980. We don't have a democratic system in that we've seen the changeover of power so that now we can differentiate between leaders based on that ideology. Whereas in South Africa, they do. They have a chance where they can, even within the ANC, they can say, okay, this guy leans with the communists, this guy leans with, uh, you know, the Guptas or the, the, you know, free market economics and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, the democratic questions and the poverty questions have already been answered. In our country, it's still about food. It's still about fighting for that very basic democratic right. You go to an election, you win or lose an election, you give up power, we move, we move on. So right now, the only differentiation that you need between yourself and ZANU, um, you know, historically you've need, needed between yourself and ZANU. I'm not ZANU, I'm not Mugabe. But you see, this is the issue is that it hasn't actually yielded something. And I think it's perhaps it's, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And um, I think it's a very valid point um, to consider. But it's not the approach, the I am not Mugabe or I am not ZANU-PF, hasn't brought about the necessary change. And I think it's because or it, it doesn't seem to be attracting people. There is huge voter apathy amongst the youth. And it's, I think it's because it's not something that young people, or I'll talk about myself, maybe it's from an ivory tower perspective, that people are trying to hear. I think it's 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 nothing that people can identify with um, in a sense of going into politics. So we talk about we need better leaders. Every time parliament is on and people are shouting at each other, people say, oh, we need better leaders. And people always point out certain examples and say you have thinkers, you have a whole lot of uh, professionals, the the few that happen to be employed, young people who are doing a lot of successful things. I know a number of people on Fadzai Meir's wall have said that she should run and for herself, herself yeah. right? But within what, running in as, as an independent, yeah, sure. But within what political structures are there for young people that can attract them and attract the best minds? Because I think we need to move past the issue of ZANPF or not ZANPF. There needs to be some sort of framework. There needs to be some sort of thinking that's driving people, that's keeping people within these systems. But then, Chris, are you not then immediately walking into a, you know, a cyclical problem, a, self, a chicken and egg situation is that if you're a young person and you have an ideology that you would like to put or to follow or to push, 
then you get involved in a party and you change it from within and you push that ideology and that party then becomes molded in your in your in your shape How? if you don't get involved the party will never become that but the in quest- the same way if you don't join zanu pf you might say look i i believe completely in the liberation struggle i believe in land reform i just don't like the actors that are in there now cuz they're corrupt so what you do you go and join zanu pf and you say i'm going to change this party from within or you you say look i you know i completely agree with the the the, the being anti mugabe i completely agree with that but i think that we need to be more we need to be more social democratic we need to be more let me join mdc push my way up and then what and then change it from that let me before that before you join politics you know you just like us mom, when we watch football and we're managing from our couches here is if we want to manage us f- we must go and play football retire and then you don't know no, the question is how easy you make it you then make it sound like it's a simple thing to do to go into a party and work to change it from within i think it's a very challenging thing it, to but do. if enough because, if enough, because a lot if enough, of, if enough youth because a lot did of it. yes but the thing is a lot of these parties have personalized them They, all mean, of them MD, not all yeah, of them all, all of them, them are personalized it's, it's mdct the t stands for twangirai Yes, no. It doesn't stand for transformation. It doesn't stand for <laughs> anything else. It for, stands for, for, for. No, it stands for Changirai. It's his party. So what makes you think that me as a young person uh, can walk in under the, I'm under the age of 30 walk in and say, "Look, um You won't walk in cuz you have to work." Yeah, but the thing is it's it, I think it's easier said than done. Of course it's easier said than done. But, but, but it needs to be done if we're going to expect any change. This is the same argument that even our parents would tell us, "Could we can't just complain and be lazy and sit on our asses here on a podcast the whole day complaining about about these things and then not go and do something about it." I hear you, but the thing so is So we know so the problem. We can't change it. But have we even tried? Has anyone even gone in? Like I this think, is why you think, might even no, no, begrudgingly no, no, respect someone like like hey, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew who you were about to talk <laughs> like, about. Nah, yeah. nah. No, but I think do you know what? I think I I agree with you that we need to enter political parties and political structures. But it's finding a home that you can actually agree with. The corruption and the rot within Zanu PF alone is one of you. The, It'll kill you. It's one of those where even if you're saying I should try it. I mean, do you honestly expect that somebody going into Zanu PF today with whatever bright ideas is going to come out of the situation you being able to transform the party become a cynic i think look even the mdc if we're talking anyway, about the mdc any, any anyway. of these parties so so this is my issue is that this is one of the biggest issues another one that we that that is affecting people i think is the issue of financing and it's financing in terms of being self self sufficient as an individual a lot of young people live at home with their parents uh, politics just campaigning you're going to need money but just to be able to if you get in office fair and fine i've done the hard work i've gone on the ground i've spoken to people they believe in me i'm now in office right there somebody probably financed me which means now i'm indebted to that individual or the second thing is along comes a tender process to boholes in my constituency and i have no money I i'm think, broke i think you're you're you're, susceptible. you're, you're a cynic in that and maybe perhaps in in the larger scheme of things it does seem uh, realistic but look if you I'm know look i've seen i've seen personally like um you know councillors for 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 in um you know when when my dad was running in our east councillors these guys are local guys you live in the area you know at most you have to quill a combi a friend to get where you're going 
you're campaigning not necessarily at least this was an under party structure so at least you've got t-shirts yeah. you've got you've got flyers to hand out but at the end of the day the whole day that's what you're doing there's no no one you can't tell us especially for for us you know who are called north of samora as people who are called upper yeah. middle class there's no way you can say that that's we don't have enough money to campaign because with five no, no, bucks no. a day you can campaign for the whole day but, but, so it's but, about not wanting to do that and at the end of the day campaigning is having conversations with people face to face that doesn't take I, money i agree you can you can go and spend the whole week you can literally you can go and spend the whole week in a neighborhood and say guys I'm going to be speaking about you know the need for a ball in this corner and you can do those things Listen, so resources let's let's not use it as an excuse anymore no I think it's a, I think it's a very serious issue I think it's so very I think serious it's a very serious, serious youth, issue it's yes, very serious as a yes. youth as a whole but in terms of wanting to join politics I in terms of wanting to run I think it's a very serious I think it's a very serious issue because once you're in office then what Once because you, because after that there is you have to have some sort of um being able to fend for yourself right i think so the because problem, because the problem is that we have a culture in zimbabwe where people go into politics to be rich exactly but you're a councillor you should be driving a 323 if even if you're an mp why do you need to be living in a big house driving a ford but usina 323 yacho And um, look, I'm not saying that there are not opportunities for corruption once people get in. That's is, definitely which there. Is, That's which definitely is, true. Which is why I say, but we must be better. That's the simple we, thing about generation. We must that. be better. We must be better. But so I'm you not can't saying, say I shouldn't run because no, I'm broke. I'm not saying, no, and because when I up. don't run, <laughs> then I'm broke. Nobody I'm said, going to steal. Nobody said you shouldn't run because you're broke. Nobody. Nobody said you shouldn't run because you're broke. That's not what I said. And. What I said is it's an issue that is affecting young people from wanting it, to run from wanting to run. I think it's a serious issue that's affecting young people. Yes, there are ways to get around it, but it's one of the hindrances. We can't deny the fact that it's a major no, hindrance. No, definitely you're right. right. But it's a hindrance from anything. There are lots of people that want to go to school that, I, that I, I agree. have to make of course, a plan. Finances, There's but, also people that want yeah, to take their girlfriends listen, for Valentine's dinner, but, but talking, they don't have money. Yeah, but we're talking <laughs> we're talking about the political issues here. And yeah. we're talking about the political issues. But it's also issues. beyond like it's, it it goes I, beyond, but it's a major issue that's affecting young people from entering into the political space, right? Um now I've lost my train of thought because <laughs> <laughs> because you're not thinking about about girls. <laughs> no, because But of, I mean look, but you have an example like we spread we're going to speak about builds and bob. We have an example of builds and bob. Yeah. Dr. Nyomanika in his personal capacity, yeah, he's he has has funds. Yeah. But he can't compete with even the MDC in of terms of the not. amount of money he's got. Sure. But the level of impact that he's had on social media and uh, you know ironically today my my um uh Sisiwe Kumbagwedo Alpha she she has a place in DZ uh, a stand in DZ there she was saying good if I was to vote for a president I would vote for this manika guy angariko as tell on your head she sure the 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 sanitation when I was there over the weekend looking at my stand I'm like look that's someone that is literally driving around in his personal vehicle mm-hmm. has spent maybe the whole week in DZ in Zoraseko the whole week arikoko I should have so started the Ruda meeting so started the Ruda meeting a few people came it must have been a handful or 10 people 12 people yeah. but they came and they listened and that's one vote this literally this is someone that you know i've grown up with i said you know i'll vote for him because he was there i i agree part, part of the political process and what needs to happen is you have to be there you have to show up yeah number one, you have to show up but it's 
And in terms of campaigning, as you said, you can go door to door. If you're campaigning in your neighborhood, you can literally just walk down your street. You can spend an entire weekend walking in your entire neighborhood, knocking on people's doors and that sort of thing. But it goes beyond that now in terms of the issues that are affecting um, the political space for young people. Because the way it's managed right now is that Especially in a lot of these political parties, there are these uh, godfather systems as One positions, of power. right? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it affects that. And I also think that for me personally, if you're going to go into politics, you're going to do it as a means of serving people. Dr. Manika has spoken about him wanting to serve, which is what he has tried to do. As we said, it's not a career. Politics is not a career, which is why I feel you should have, you should be established in some sort of way. A lot of politics, a lot of if systems and political um, places that I look at, a lot of people who come up have families. They start, they've started families. They work in some kind of profession, or they were in some kind of profession. They've looked after something. They've managed something. Because when you are running to be a councillor or to be an MP, you are running to be uh, a manager of a constituency yeah. or you're managing to be, uh, someone said to me, the head, you, it's like you're going to be the head of this family, right? And if you have no idea how to look after something, then it's going to be very, if you can't even look after yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to look after is a, is a, a, a constituency or a ward or something like that. Is a degree in education enough for you to, for example, like you say, politics is not a career, but you have, you know, uh, the youngest MP that was just uh, elected in, in England is 21. Yeah. Um, straight out of uni. Mm -hmm. Ran is an, is an MP, has done no other job. Yeah. Um, but is now a member of parliament. Um, in Australia, there are numerous examples of career politician. Kevin Rudd, um, the ex-prime minister, was a career politician me, in as far as that he was between the civil service and, poli and politics, between the parties and politics, yeah. and to the point that he ended up being... These are career civil servants, career politicians. Different contexts, but I'm saying that... That's, that's example, what I wanted. If I, was going if to I have just graduated with a political science degree from yes. the University of Zimbabwe, yes. then I go back to Dotito or and decide that I want to be counselor. And I become a counselor. And now I'm working for my council and I'm working for my people. I'd suggest you go into civil service. Before you, no, before you, run, before you go into run a constituency, this is what I'd suggest. And you mentioned that the places I mentioned, they are dealing with different situations, different economies and that sort of thing, right? I would suggest you go into civil service. You go into a place where you learn what the civil service structure is about, right? You have some sort of experience there before you run into politics. That's just my suggestion. I think it's, it's treating politics as a career in this country it's and dangerous. in the context that we have is very dangerous because the career politicians people look up to are corrupt. <laughs> All yes. of them. So I can't, I can't say, you can talk about Kevin Rudd because in that system, he's not the first. Yeah. There are a lot of examples that he looks up to and says, that was my role model coming up the system, right? But Whereas, here, when, when you're talking about career politicians, I mean... You're talking about your, you know... <laughs> no, you, you are. You're talking, yeah, you're talking your about... Chombos. Yeah, Ignatius Chombo. You're talking about Webster Shamu. These guys who, from the struggle, came up all the way in yeah, the political Joyce. structures. Joyce Mujuru is another one. So Almost I, the army guys are even better, I to can't, be I can't, yeah, I can't say to somebody... 
go out and be a career politician in Zimbabwe. No, because you're just going to end up like the rest but of them. But the thing is, though, Greg, but if, you, if, you, if, you, if you, I understand what you're saying, but you're looking at it from a top-down perspective. If, as youth, we decide to approach our politics from a bottom-up, so I don't care what you know my president is doing, I don't care what the leader of my party is doing, as an independent, I don't care about anything else but getting the best results from my constituency. Um, you end up with a situation where even if they're corrupt, even if there's a, a, a level of corruption, as long as they are working for their constituency, you get the best results for the people in that constituency um, as well as what? As themselves. So, so if, you, if you have a, a politician that doesn't not, is not necessarily concerned about national issues, but every day, you know, a Chinotimba-esque figure, every day you're going to parliament and people are discussing oh, xenophobia, people are discussing, you're like, guys, but my constituency last week, but, and if you have a leaders, if you have the young people doing that kind of thing, and there's enough of them in these houses of parliament, in council, you'll get results. No. And that's the thing that we sort of need to sort of figure out, is if you're going to run, run for your people, manage that constituency, don't worry about saying, okay, cool, this, this, this election season, and I'm a councillor. Next election season, I'll be an MP. Next one, I want to be minister. Next one, I want to be president. Now, do you know what needs to happen for that to take place? You need, num number one, you need role models. You need examples that people can look to. Uh, you also need an ideology for the youth that within those who are running, within the collective, they decide that this is what we are, this is what we stand for. But for that to happen... You also need people that they can benchmark off and say, these are the kind of examples that we would like to follow. This is the kind of thinking that we'd like to implement. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a discussion that must happen. It, it's a, it must be a continuous discussion. It must be continuously actionable and people actually doing it on the ground. But you must give us more credit. We'd, we'd, we might not have political role models that we can follow, but we certainly do have no shortage of mentors in the country, whether they're in the church, for those that go to church, I'm sure there's church leaders across the country that are, are doing their thing in business. Um, there's business leaders, people that you can be mentored by. So just because you, there's an absence of political role models doesn't mean that we're necessarily doomed to fail because we have no one to emulate ourselves I after. Say, yeah. I know you didn't say I didn't it. say that. All I know I you didn't was, say yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that, look, if you want to run, go and run. There's so much against I, you, I, but just roll the dice. No, I, oh, I, I, I completely agree with the fact that we need young people to run. Um, we need to have people support young people who have chosen to run. And as you said, church leaders, business leaders, that's, that sort of thing, those kind of people need to come out and, or young people need to approach these people, those who are interested in getting into the political process. Find a role model, find somebody that you can look up to, find someone that Preferably you Preferably not a politician, actually. You, you're quite right. Find someone... Because, who, guys, like, you know, I've done... I've, from people I've spoken to, yeah? We say resources, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's going to sound shocking for, you know, people that read us. But for upper middle class, guys, if you said that you want to win an award, with $5,000, we won't win an award. And that's an incredible amount of money to raise. But I guarantee you, if you were to say from the people in your neighborhood, could I, I'm trying to do this for us, and you get $10 a household, you could raise that money, particularly if they're seeing the money going back into what? Into the community. Into the community. Organize these guys that are paving the streets and say, guys, no cement road. There you guys are standing here every day. Do this. So, and no more ideas for free. So, <laughs> so on the next episode, let's uh, see if we can find somebody who's willing 
to, to come in and mint uh, to run or to somebody, mentor first. And somebody no, someone who's willing to run and somebody who's willing to mentor. But you should run. Me. Uh, yeah. I don't even run in the gym. <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see what uh, you, you never know what God has in store for us. <laughs> Speaking and, like a true, you're, you're, you're halfway there, my friend. You're halfway there. And yeah, that's Politics on Beyond on Capital 263. Yeah, my name is Christopher Varai Charamba. You can catch me on at Chris Charamba on all social media. At Henry Beatty. Um, Crims, don't cut me off this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, free to say it. Uh, free to do it. Bye. And now, and now. Capital 263.